Welcome to the 24 Stories podcast that aims to educate, inspire and help build brands. I'm your host, Stephen Ryan, founder of 24 Stories, and I'll be joined each week by guests from a variety of industries here to tell you how they built their brands. Welcome to episode 7 of the 24 Stories podcast. This week, we're looking at the world of content creation. Some people might call it influencer marketing, but I'm delighted to be joined by actually a former student of mine, Shauna Doyle. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be your first student on the podcast as well. And I know we're going to talk about kind of my background and how I got into content creation, the masters and all that stuff. So I'm very excited to chat with you and actually be in a real podcast studio today. <laughs> yeah, this is something kind of different for you as for well. For sure, yeah. I know you've done a few before, but they've been on Zoom calls and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is, like I was saying to you, a lot of firsts now since COVID, like my first event back in person last night first podcast back in person since before COVID so it's nice to actually be in person with people now chatting and you know actually getting to meet people and just I suppose being on podcasts is great like we were chatting about because you open your audience to a complete new demographic so yeah yeah. if anyone has any questions for me I always say pop me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever I could talk about this stuff all day so yeah yeah. yeah, I'm very excited. I suppose it's a new industry so I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of the listeners that are listening to this. And we have a huge spread. So we do have younger audience, but we also have a very unique audience in that we get listeners in their 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. 60s, even their 70s. Yeah. And some of them might be confused about this whole world of... Or have the complete wrong idea, yeah. which is something that yeah. I feel very strongly about. Like you were saying, some people call it influencing. I stay f- as far away yeah. from that word as possible. Just for the plain fact, I actually think there is a difference between an influencer and a content creator. Okay. And you probably think the same in yeah. a way. And I think it probably, it all depends on how you see yourself and how you, I suppose, value your work and the way that you promote yourself. Like I have done, like, you know, the Masters in PR and New Media. So I have a lot of academic interest and background when it comes to all this. So I think when I work with brands, it's in a completely different way to maybe your regular brand deal. Like I don't get a stereotypical brief. Like we work together, coming up with like the concept together. And Mm. then I'll throw in a little bit about... Well, I learned this in college and I learned this from previous experience and mm. it comes together as a completely different project as opposed to maybe when I first started out. Like I'm very active on LinkedIn. I do a lot of kind of corporate work. I actually still do some PR and marketing. I see myself as a business, like a multi-purpose business okay. that I can provide all different services rather than an influencer. And I think they are slightly different things, but I think that people have the wrong idea about the industry completely in general, no matter what word you want to call yourself, you know. It's often associated with people just picking up their phone and going on camera and saying, oh, look, this is lovely. It's fantastic. Buy this now. Mm -hmm. That's what people think, don't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I get that a lot. And, you know, you just have to take it one in in one ear and out the other of all you do is just take photos and like get dressed up or whatever. But it's actually completely different. And even yesterday I was shooting actual content and I was even thinking I could, I prefer doing the kind of concepts thinking everything through and coming up with the creative ideas and the actual taking the photos. Like I do like that sometimes, obviously, I like editing and stuff, but I actually prefer the whole business side of it. Like the whole having your own business, being your own personal brand, having this really engaged audience that I built Mm. myself from scratch, like a really loyal, authentic audience. I feel like I can talk about anything with the people that I've built up, you know. Um, So I definitely don't see myself as just like, you know, a sellout influencer. I definitely see myself more as a business that has this engaged community. And fair enough, I do work with brands. And obviously, sometimes the goals of that is sales and conversion. But also, I've worked with some really cool brands where that hasn't been the goal at all. Like I actually worked with Ella One the morning after Pillar, and it was my most successful collaboration I've ever done because I have the perfect demographic for it, you know, like young women who just didn't really know how it works and had loads of questions and like that's not something that you'd really think of when you think you know influencer marketing it was kind of like a medical sort of a thing I suppose and is there guidelines around something there like is, that there is yeah. yeah and I was you know what I was a little bit nervous because you know Instagram's really strict about what you can yeah. talk about and promote yeah. I was like watch now I'll upload this and my account will be deleted in a day but the response was just absolutely incredible so many people got like a lot of value out of it and similarly to that like over the last three years I've talked about absolutely everything you could possibly talk about I've had some incredible stories from followers who have maybe left a relationship that was toxic because something on my story kind of gave them a sign 
the stories that I get in are absolutely incredible from people just, you know, starting their own businesses or leaving toxic relationships or just knowing their worth in general. So I think it's definitely very different to the idea that people might have of the influencer industry, you know. That doesn't care about anyone. Basically, yeah. I'd imagine they think, you know, no offense, I'm sure. People think everyone's like the Kardashians and I'm sure they care about people too. I'm not, I'm not judging them. I don't know. But you know, know what? Them. The influencer pool is so big. And yeah. you know, one bad egg kind of ruins it for everyone sometimes. Yeah, and I'm sure that yeah. there are people who kind of just take their photo and don't put 100% thought behind it and, you know, get their check in the mail. And then there's people who work nonstop morning, noon and night. You might have smaller followings. And it's so nice now to see that this has changed so much that new brands aren't just looking for the big names mm-hmm. and the big numbers that it is coming down to the quality of your content and that engagement that you have with your audience rather than you know just throwing budget where they think that they're going to get a lot of sales it's definitely coming down to engagement and quality of content and actually work ethic as well which I like seeing being valued by brands you know If I rewind the clock a bit like when you were in secondary school for example were you thinking I'm going to have a career no, I'm going to be a all. YouTuber or you know, because I see some kids today and that's yeah. what they want. Like, what what was the plan? You know what? I was the biggest YouTube lover ever since I was like, as soon as I got access to a computer, like one of those big, huge computers that yeah. I had in my spare room years ago, I was just obsessed with YouTube. I never knew anything about Instagram, no idea about influencers. YouTubers were a different genre completely in my mind. So I probably started watching YouTube at around... 10, 12 ish. And I just used to binge watch the likes of Gen X Pen, Zoella. Like, I still watch Zoella all the time. Zoella's massive. Yeah. And I think it's amazing that, like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, and what are you going to do when influencing isn't a thing anymore? And I'm like, I don't think it's going anywhere. Like, I've been watching Zoe Suggs since she was like 15. And now she's like 30 something with a child. Like, I think your audience grows with you. And, you know, you're never going to become irrelevant if you're staying true to yourself and keeping that connection. And like, I've been a loyal, avid follower of her for years, you know, along with millions of other people. But I never had any interest in Instagram or anything. Probably wasn't even out at that time. But I loved YouTube. But it was never something that I thought I would have a career in. I think I was probably so in denial. I didn't even think that these people were making money off of it. And they probably weren't that long ago, you know. It was just as a hobby. Um, Like in secondary school, when I tell the story, people are like, how did you jump from all these different um, interests. So I wanted to be a scientist. I wanted to be a nutritional scientist. And like when I was in fifth year, I was reaching out to lecturers in Dublin, everything being like, I'll see you in six years time when I'm doing my master's. And they're like, okay, great. We'll see you then. Um, And I was like, right, I'm definitely going to get into science. This is what I want to do. I want to wear a lab coat, which is very different to me now. And yeah, I just, my whole CAO was just all science courses, you know, all the kind of different back doors into yeah. things or whatever. So I knew one way or another I was going to end up a scientist. Got my points, had 25 points too much for the course. So I was like, grand, we're flying it. I'm going yeah. to get into one of them. The Monday comes, missed the course by five points. Oh. So, and like, that's the skin of your teeth when I yeah. did my leaving cert. Like, it wasn't by one point, like, five points was the closest you could yeah. get. So I was like, what am I going to do now? And I'm the eldest of my family. So I didn't yeah. really have anyone to be like, what do I do now? Yeah, I was yeah. like the guinea pig child. Um, so I was like, do I go to like college or com or something and do a PLC and like find where my interests were? And looking back, I definitely should have done that. And that's actually another thing I've spoken about on my story and gotten really great responses from. Because I feel like especially people who are in like well-off schools were like wealthy brainy people you know there is that pressure to be like go to college get your like masters do whatever yeah, get a, yeah. like a well-paying job because I ended up in early years which I had no interest in like mm. I don't like kids and, and how come you picked that? It's the only thing on my CAO that I did. That came in. So I didn't even know it was on my CAO because I had so many science courses. And looking back, like I didn't know what marketing was. I had nearly failed business in my junior cert. So that was the last thing I was putting on my um, list of courses, you know. And like I had enough points for marketing and business and all this. I had... Um, tourism and business down but I ended up taking off last minute bad bad move so I ended up in early years no interest kind of liked it for the first year because who doesn't like the first year of college you know partying and making friends and then as the course was going on I was just realizing more and more that I had no interest in it that I didn't want to be a primary school teacher or Montessori school teacher 
And then when I was kind of halfway through the course, I was like, there's no point to me dropping out and starting from scratch now. So I was like, I'll just finish it out. So I was able to leave in third year. So I had a level seven degree. So an ordinary degree, they call yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, OK, what now? And by third year, my blog had semi taken off. So I was making a small few bob out of it. Well, how did that start? So I got a job in Mac in my third year of college I'd say yeah in Brown Thomas in Brown Thomas yeah so I was super into makeup then just absolutely obsessed with it was always watching makeup tutorials and I was like what would happen if I kind of did my own and now because I'm in Mac you know there's so many new products that I'm getting to try firsthand, and they had their own social media account as well so I was seeing how that was all working and then I just kind of fell into it by accident which I think is nice because now I know that I you know, got into it for the right reasons. Like I was saying, I always had an interest in YouTube, never really knew that there was even money there. So I never was like, ah, this seems like an easy way to make Mm. money quick and easy, you know, whatever. So I just came on my stories, plucked up the courage and started chatting after a while. I started off now with just like still photos because I was like, let's just show my face first. Like this was just my personal account. And I was like, what can go wrong? Like, I, I wasn't planning to make my job or anything. It was like just a bit of fun talking about makeup because I knew so much about makeup and I was just thrilled to have my dream job. I thought I was going to be in Mac forever. I thought I'd move up the ranks there and kind of get into being a makeup artist backstage at fashion shows and stuff. Got into the blogging, started seeing, you know, some brands taking an interest in me, making the odd few money here and there. And then it came to what do I do next? So I was like, Now I know that I'm interested in media, communications, Mm -hmm. marketing, PR, all these things that I've just learned naturally myself that I didn't even know was a thing beforehand. I was like, right, I have a course now that I'm never going to use. So I need some sort of a course. And for a while, I was kind of toing and froing between, will I bother going back? Like, I think I had a bit too much confidence in myself. I was like, oh, I'll just be a blogger forever. Grand, I'll be fine. I'm making a bit of money um, and I can do makeup on the side. And then I was like, no, I actually do need a course that I have an interest in that I'm actually going to do well at because I barely passed my earlier's course. Yeah. Like, So then I started probably reshaped yourself and some other lecturers in CIT being I like, where, <laughs> being like, where do I go from here? Like I have a level seven degree and the majority of people were like, look, you're going to have to kind of start again from scratch you know like go back to first year and do a marketing course or a business course or whatever and then during some night when I was doing my loads of scrolling I came across the RPL program Mm. in CIT and I was like bullseye and for the people listening RPL it's recognition of prior learning and there's a lot of people probably don't realise that Mm. you can do this yeah like I know it's a kind of a hard thing to get yeah, into. I think there hard. was only two people in my course who got it. So like I was really, really lucky. But um, I reached out to Emma Coffey, sent him a very convincing email to meet me. Um, and yeah, like we were chatting away and I was telling him about my blog and how I had organised this sellout event that I was telling you about the week after I left Mac. Um, so I did my Shauna Summer Social then. Like I only had 15,000 followers. I was taking a very brave move leaving Mac. It? The event was in the River Lee. Yeah. Um, so literally, I told my parents, look, I'm making a bit of money out of blogging. I want to put a lot of time and energy into this. I'm giving up my job in Mac. And you can only imagine what they thought because yeah. they didn't see much money coming because I wasn't making much. Mm-hmm. But I was making enough to, you know, get me from week to week. And they were like, you can't do that. You can't. I was like, no, just trust me. I know I can do it. I have the extra time. I'm not in college at the moment. You know, I have to just focus on this now. So um, I left Mac and I did this event and it literally sold out 100 tickets in three days and I only had 15,000 followers and like a lot of people in Ireland wouldn't go full-time blogging till 40 or 50,000. Yeah, you yeah, know? it was just, quite small it's actually. It's a yeah, very yeah. small following to go full-time but like that, you know, I was lucky. I was living at home, just out of college, no bills, no kids, no responsibilities, you yeah. know. I only needed a few hundred euros to get me week to week so I was like, I can do this, I know I can. And I think that's where my work ethic came from because I knew then when I saw how well I was doing, how much I enjoyed it, how fast my followers were growing, which is completely different to now. Uh, But, you know, when you first start off and there's kind of a new person on the block and brands are like, who's this? And people are like, who's this? What's going on? And it just kind of went from there. So um, then literally when I was at Electric Picnic, got the email being like you were accepted for the Masters. So then I knew that like I was definitely on the right path. And I think that's probably a message for anyone listening that... I wanted to be a scientist. I ended up in early years. Then I somehow managed to get into a master's. I know I've been self-employed for the last three years. 
you know so um, I think definitely your leaving cert and whatever course you initially end up in doesn't define what way you go at all yeah. and now like when I first started out I was mainly like content for my own page brand deals that sort of thing whereas now it's completely different like I did student ink as well which was again a huge full circle moment for me and I think that's what nearly drilled into my own head that I'm a business not just an influencer not just someone who takes photos because I had to stand up in front of investors and tell them about what I do Mm. I had to actually get into the program by selling myself to the mentors you know and, and I what think, happens in studenting so it's it's a program to yeah it's a program for students in UCC CIT and IT truly to kind of bring their idea to life so yeah. I was one of the only people I'd say I was the only person in the course that actually had a somewhat business up and running that was already. making money already like a lot of other people just had their idea so I was really lucky in that sense that there was some um, seminars that I actually had knew everything. Like they mm. they had people in like solicitors and stuff telling us and accountants about how to set up your business and how to, you know, um, register for tax and all that. I had all that done because I was already making a bit of money, you know, from being about a year in. But then there were some other things that, that I had no idea about. And I think it definitely just gave me that confidence boost and my own kind of self-esteem went up from there because I was so used to people being like, oh, sure, you're just a blogger, you're just a whatever, like this isn't a real job. When are you going to have a real job? And since the day I started, people were telling me, what are you going to do when it ends? And like, I'm three years in now and thriving. So um, it was good for my own self-esteem to see that even though I was in this program with other people who had products or more traditional services, that I was still there generating revenue. And it was just nice to be taken seriously, I think. And like, I think that is why I'm so successful at what I do now and why I enjoy it so much and why brands view me as a business because from that day on I had you know given off that vibe and like now I go to a lot of business conferences I'm in the image business club which is like a networking thing for women and female founders and stuff so I think the way you view yourself and the way you put yourself out there is you know that's what gives the impression to people and like I said I'm really active on like the likes of LinkedIn and you'd be so surprised the amount of people brands or PR agencies that actually find you in that way rather than just your average like obviously creating good quality content is a way that brands and people are going to find you but the other side of things and that's another thing that I learned during um, Student Inc was most of these people were only selling to customers or Mm. businesses but with me I'm both so I have to sell myself to businesses so that they hire me for the collaboration but then when I get that collaboration my other customer audience is my audience, my followers. So then I suppose I realized that I was nearly doing the job of two people as well as, you know, being my own marketer, my own stylist, my own makeup artist, editor, photographer. So now I just tell everyone that I am a fully functioning, multi-purpose, one-woman show. So, um... And do you operate yeah. as a sole trader or do sole you trader, yeah, yeah, not a limited now. company? No, that's I, I will go to that eventually. But like I'm only doing this three years. And like when I, again, just put the fear of God into me, the second I finished college, it was COVID. Like my second half of my master's was all online. Like that's Emmett right, said, yeah. see you in two weeks. And we never saw him again. Yeah, like I yeah. only graduated in May. So um, I thought I had my life together, that I had, you know, gotten into this master's by luck, by a miracle that... I was now working for myself and then I'm finished college and I'm ready to hit the world running and this COVID like, you know, and then sure you're seeing everywhere. This will be the end of influencers. Finally, you know, no one's going to pay for marketing. And I was actually busier last year than this year because it was the complete opposite. People were saying if my shop front is closed and putting all of my budget into online marketing, you know, you need to have an online presence in the middle of a lockdown. Brands and businesses and PR agencies that maybe would have had budget for in real life events or activations were all putting it online. So if anything, I think last year was like nearly a relaunch of influencers rather than a decline, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and like I said, I think people are seeing it in a completely different light now, which is nice. Like brands are looking at it differently. The audience, the followers are looking at it differently. I think there's a complete shift in the type of content before... I suppose maybe brands were happy with a quick selfie holding the product, whereas mm. now, because we all know photos just don't work on Instagram anymore, yeah. you have to do a reel. And I'm kind of happy about that because it gives you so much more creative freedom. It's more impressive, the content at the end of the yeah. day. You know, the brand's more happy with it. The audience sees that the product you created is, you know, more beneficial than just taking a photo. Um, so I'm actually delighted that video content is coming back and like the likes of TikTok then you can be a completely different person there you can show 
you know, you can be a little bit more authentic on. We Like we were saying, people are very open on podcasts because you take away the fear. Yeah. I think when TikTok started, everyone took Instagram as like their professional, like have my life together platform. And then TikTok just brought a bit of fun into yes. it. Yeah. So I just think the whole industry and the whole type of content is shifting. Like when I first started out, it was all about a really curated feed, like you know, a preset on all your photos, everything looking perfect. Like if you were working with a brand, the product placement would be very obvious, whereas now it's all more integrated. Yeah. And I just think that the content comes across more authentic and it's it's more beneficial for everyone, you know. The brand gets more bang for their buck. It's more enjoyable for me to create and the audience is more engaged with content that's, you know, less addy basically. Yeah. yeah. So as a full-time, I suppose, content creator, so, so yeah. the person listening is saying, like, what do you do to make up your day? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what ha- like uh, you know, they're thinking, geez, all they have to do is take a, a little video, put it up, and it's done. Yeah. I'm guessing there's a lot of prep work. For you have sure, to, yeah. Do you have to study the businesses? Do you have to understand the product? Like, what happens? I think that all comes down to personal preference. And for me, I'm really fussy with the brands that I work with. Mm. I only work with brands that I genuinely love myself, whether they reached out to me or not. Like, yeah. shops that I'd go in, products that I bought already or had mentioned already. And I suppose since I first started out, my own personal brand has changed a lot. I don't work with fast fashion brands that much anymore. I work with a lot of lifestyle brands. Like I do completely different content now to when I first started out. Like I still do a lot of beauty and fashion, but like I work with like hotels. I do staycation content. I work with bars. Like I do really cool things. And then brand awareness things. Like I've done things about animal cruelty and like best nutrition for your dog. I've done things like the um, women's health things. So I've done a huge range of things. Mm. Now I've worked with Bumble on like online dating during COVID. So I've literally done a little bit of everything now. So I don't have to stay focused on one thing anymore. You know what I mean? And I can really, the more niche you are, the better, I suppose, because you find a really engaged audience. But I just like being a little bit more broad because I think that there's content for everyone and that's what gives the community vibe about my page. But in terms of day-to-day work, like it comes down to everything from replying to your emails, doing your invoices, shooting your content. And like, it's so funny, filming a 60 second reel could take you four or five hours just to film it alone. Yeah, people don't realise that. No, not at all. And like, that's not including your editing time, you know, coming up with the captions, reshoots this time of year. You could be redoing things four or five times for a brand. Mm. You, two or three is usually the most, but like, you know, if you're working with a fussy brand and they're like, we don't like this, do it again, do it again, do it and again. And you have to sh- share it with them first before they Yeah, yeah, there's approvals, there's so much to it, there's contracts, you know, and I don't have an agent. I do everything myself, which makes the day even longer again. So I don't have anyone filtering through my emails or putting me forward for jobs. All that graft have you is been me. A- have you been approached by Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was with an agent before. I'm just much happier on my own because... Yeah. I love making the connections myself. Yeah. I have a master's in PR. I'm able to be my own, you know, PR yeah. representation. Um, take out the commission as well. Yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like obviously I need help every now and again. I work yeah. with We Are Task, who's a brilliant freelance um, assistant. So I work with her in November, December, just help me with occasional editing and emails and invoices yeah. and stuff. But all year round, other than that, it's all me doing the graft, doing the LinkedIn reach outs, doing the emails, doing everything, everything down from picking the brands I want to work with, putting together a plan, you know, and like, I'm really lucky now that most of the brands actually come to me, mm. um, which is great because then you know it's a great fit if a brand's actually coming to you, you know. Um, but sometimes I'll have a specific idea in mind and I'll literally just go out on a whim and pitch it. And like, the brand might not even have budget, they might not even have a plan to do a campaign, but if I'm literally in the shower and I'm like, this would work really well with this brand, I'll literally scribble it down into my notes and reach out to them the next day. And I think that's what brands like about working with me and what I love so much about my job as well is that I'm very proactive with my ideas yeah. and like I work probably too much. Like I've nearly worked 12 hours every day since the start of November. Um, like yesterday I worked way longer than that like 9 o'clock in the morning to like half one last night-ish so you were um, saying you were doing an event for yeah yeah I did an event last so, night in so, so, so is it the, is that that's Suzanne Jackson's business that's Suzanne Jackson's business yeah and it's a um, cosmetics line 
and they approached me about doing an event together and like I just love events like I could talk all day long and when it's about makeup or beauty or fashion or whatever I just love it even more um so it was great to actually have an in real life event because the last two makeup master classes I've done have been um, online courses that I did through COVID so that's another thing that I did I kind of pivoted a little bit because um, I loved doing events like after my first one was such a success I was like I'm going to do these every summer for the rest of my life and then obviously COVID came so I was like how am I going to keep this community element going through the lockdown so I made a giant group chat on discord there was like 2,000 people in it so and there was all different channels so people could make friends and I know COVID was a really lonely time for people as well Mm. so there was like um whatever like a movies channel music animals like every interest you can imagine and people could join then and make Mm. friends and chat and there was literally 2,000 people between like 20 to 25 just in here chatting and keeping each other company for lockdown. And like that was just a spur of the moment idea that worked out so well. And then I did two of those makeup courses as well. So um, yeah, I definitely kept busy and like kept the community going and growing throughout lockdown. And what's your role in an event like that? Are you to talk about it? Yeah, or, yeah. Like... So I actually did the makeup because I am a makeup artist as well. And then I was like the host of it and I suppose the MC. So I was chatting through everything I was doing, met people. It was great to actually have people come up afterwards and like get photos and just give them like advice on what they were buying. And like I said to you, the event wasn't even over and people were sprinting to the stand. Like by the time I got there, everything I wanted was sold out. And that's just an incredible feeling seeing... Yeah, you get a dozen adrenaline rush, yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, like not there? my influence, but like seeing that people really respect my knowledge and yeah. interest in yeah. makeup and yeah. like the products that I showed, I wasn't like selling to them. I wasn't like, go out and buy this right now. But because yeah. people enjoyed the event so much and they found so much benefit from it, people were happy to go out and buy products, you know? And I think that is the benefit of working with a content creator. You get this natural sale. People don't even realize that they're being sold to because mm. it's just very natural. Um, as opposed to, you know, like we were saying, Facebook ads and stuff, you know that those are like, you're like, your phone is listening to you and now they want you to buy something. Yeah. Whereas when you're working with a content creator, it's a much more natural approach to advertising, I think. And did you have to promote that in advance that you were yeah, going to be there I did, then as would, well? Yeah, I did. Would you believe? We had three sets of stories booked in to promote the event. And before I even got to doing one set of stories, the event was sold out. Oh. So that was majorly impressive. So then we kind of, again, pivoted a little bit and we used the other sets of stories to do um, like beauty content. So I did like a get ready with me yesterday, which was really fun just before the event because there were so many people who didn't get tickets. Yeah. So I still wanted to do kind of like a little mini tutorial using the same products on my stories for the people who missed out. You were talking about putting out mentions and stories. So is Instagram mainly your your hub? Is mm-hmm. that is that your... I suppose your go-to first and is that why brands approach you? Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? I think it. this is always something that, again, my mind gets a bit boggled over. I'm like, should I spread myself out and put eggs in every basket mm-hmm. or should I just work super hard on the one? So Instagram is definitely my main platform, but I do do a little bit of TikTok. I do a little bit on YouTube. I actually have a blog website too, which I'm actually hoping that blogging itself will come back Mm. because I love writing and like I said I love English I love like journalism I feel like if I was having another job I'd like write for a magazine or something I just Mm. love writing and typing and finding you know aesthetic images and putting together a nice landing page so I'm hoping that blogging will come back again um so it would be nice to be able to do like a bit of video content across you know TikTok and YouTube and my writing content on a blog and then just a little bit of everything on Instagram, but it all comes out to time and also people's interests. You know, mm. people are working nine to five. They go on their phone, you know, after work or on their lunch break. People have their preference of people to follow and interests that they want to keep up with and their go-to platform. Some of my friends would pick watching an hour-long vlog over scrolling their feed, whereas I have other friends who would just be on TikTok all night and other friends yeah. who are, are never going to stray from Instagram. Yeah. So I think it is nice to have a little bit of a little bit of yourself in every platform but that's easier said than done you know and would you create content and then kind of chop it up and put it into the different platforms yeah I have done that but I just don't think that you get the same you know benefit from it it's not yeah. as successful if, and it actually makes a lot of sense like if I was to do let's say a minute long video on Instagram and then I do an hour long video of the same sort of content for YouTube and a 15 second version of it on TikTok it's kind of just showing the same thing like people aren't going to watch all three because it's very similar so that's why I kind of like to keep all three different TikToks kind of my very off the cuff random thoughts or like 
you know, I don't really use TikTok that seriously. I know I should, but um, I just kind of use it here and there. And then Instagram would be my main one. And then I would use YouTube for kind of like longer things. So maybe like a longer haul or maybe a vlog or more of a serious conversation or something. So I kind of know which platform I'll go to for certain bits of content. Mm. I wish it was as easy as, you know, chopping and changing, but I do see where people are coming from. And it's really hard to get people to move from another platform. I did a YouTube course before and um, and I've done a few seminars with YouTube. Like they invited us to online seminars and it's a hard, it's actually easier to get people to go buy things than to look at your content on yeah. another platform because people are so content of wherever they are they're kind of like oh I just can't and I'm the opposite like if I see one of my favorite creators put something up on YouTube I'll you know go wherever they're telling me to go and I suppose that's like your really like true follower and you know you could have a hundred thousand followers but how many of them are actually like true true followers you know and I think that's why the event last night was such a big moment for me because you know you could have so many followers and people are only interested in certain things and when it actually comes to selling an event or selling a product it's kind of like you get the nerves of Jesus can I even do this yeah, you know yeah, you yeah. know you could sell four or five hundred jumpers in one story but when it comes to something like an event or something it could be, yeah it'll be a little bit different so it was nice to see how quickly it sold out so even though obviously my audience is online that when it comes to in person and in real life things that they're that engaged as well. And did they approach you last night? So, like, I'm thinking of those type of scenarios. Um, do they come up and say, oh, I love what you do? Or, yeah, you know, a few I, I saw did. your story last week or whatever. Really good. Yeah, you know what? A few people did, but the majority of people got up and ran to the makeup stall. But <laughs> yeah. at my first event, I got a lot of that. And it was insane because I'd never think of myself as, you know, a celebrity or an influencer or anything kind of special. I'm just sharing what I love doing across my socials. Mm. But at my first event, that was like a major pinch me moment that people were like coming up asking for photos. I'm like, why do you want a photo with me? And like like that, people saying, I love this and I love that. And even when I'm on a night out, a lot of people come up to me, which is yeah, yeah, which is actually insane. Like and um Do you ever get the opposite of that then? Where people say, oh, oh, you think you love yourself or anything no, like that. No, not to my face anyway. They, they so don't? I don't? No, no, no yeah. it doesn't bother me. Not um, with a couple of extra drinks on board late in the evening or no, anything like that. No, no, well, to be honest, I'm such a granny. I never go out. I haven't been out in ages. But I only have ever met really nice people um, out, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I'm not like a controversial person either. Like, at the end of the mm. day, all I talk about is makeup, fashion and the occasional, like, oversharing personal story you know it's not like I'm talking about politics or anything mm. that's you know um, too controversial and um, so I think that my audience is just really engaged and enjoys you know fun positive colourful content as opposed to it being something that you can kind of nitpick apart and what about like the online audience do you ever get kind of hatred messages nasty stuff or anything like that not at all I'm so lucky like I have such a nice audience and you know what my age group is lovely as well because it's like people 20 to like 35 so it's not like you know super young people who don't know the dangers of sending nasty messages and I don't have the old Karens either so I kind of just have people who are in college straight out of college or kind of you know starting off in life yeah starting off in life Yeah, yeah exactly and people who can relate to what I'm talking about Obviously, you know, some people won't like one thing or, you know, some people might be into beauty and not into the fashion or Mm. vice versa. But um, you know what? There's an unfollow button there if you want to unfollow. But I never get any nasty messages, which is nice. So um, I'm lucky in that sense. And are they mainly from Cork or are they from... You know what? They're actually not. They're actually my the majority of my followers are actually from Dublin. Interesting. And the first time I that really hit home with me was and this is another reason why I was a bit nervous of last night. When I did my first event in the River Lee, there was about five people there from Cork. Hmm. And that was when I just started out. I couldn't believe that like I was only about a year into blogging, a week full time. Yeah. And um there was people there from Donegal, like all over the country, Galway, Limerick, like the very top of the country, the Midlands. They travelled down, people stayed overnight. So I just couldn't believe that. And that kind of made me obviously really happy in one way, but a little bit worried in another sense that, you know, people from Cork might have been like, again, the who does she think she is, whatever. And then the people Mm. who maybe didn't know me before, like, oh, like we'll support her, whatever. So I was a bit nervous about that last night, that my first event was only like five or six people from Cork. And... I was like, Jesus, will I be able to sell out? No, a, a Cork um, event, you know, aimed at a Cork audience, but like it sold out in no time, a couple of hours. 
So, but, do, um, so do you do things in Dublin as well? Then, I or? haven't yet, but I definitely will. Um, but like if a brand was looking for to target like a Dublin, Cork, Limerick, Galway audience, I definitely would mm. still fit the demographic. And like I do go up to Dublin a lot for events and meetings and collaborations and stuff. So like I'm still definitely considered for things yeah. in Dublin, but I haven't done an event there yet. But you do a lot of, as you said, well, go authentic type stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's very much related to the audience that are watching. You you have girly chats. Yeah, you, yeah, you do, I do everything. Kind of like, am I right in saying that you had one kind of thing where I think during the lockdown where you told everyone to get a drink and you were kind of having oh, a, yeah, kind like, of a, like a, a night out but night in really. Yeah, yeah. Like I think, you know what, during lockdown, I think we all kind of changed ourselves a lot. Mm. And looking back on it now, I don't know if I would have done that again if there was another lockdown. Yeah. I think I went a little too crazy on my stories with... Um, you know, the oversharing and the personal talks and all that. But you know what? During lockdown, everyone was feeling down or lonely and people were enjoying seeing me going crazy as well, you know? Um, And I think it made it relatable because... I thought it was fun. I saw some of it. Obviously, it's not for me, but, you know... But, you know, some people, like, jetted off on holidays and stuff and some people were still getting their hair done and their nails done. Mm. So I think people loved seeing me there with, like, my full-on uni brow and my black roots past my ears and my no nails. And I was like, let's just have a drink and chat about all of our worries that have been going on. So um, I think that that was a nice way of showing, like, you know... And again, another reason why I don't come myself an influencer like I was here I'm here going mental like I'm trying to study for college I'm trying to work I'm trying to do content and like yeah. it's hard for me doing content when my roots were past my ears like you know yeah. um, because I was still trying to look semi-decent and you know put on a brave face every day and try create content and I think a reason why I loved doing um, all of the out there things was I was so aware that people had lost their jobs or were laid mm. off and I didn't want to just be, you know, you might be on the PUP but like spend your money on these things that I'm selling. Yeah. So I was much happier during the lockdown doing those kind of more community-based things. So like the Q&As, the Agony Ants, the makeup course, like all those sort of things, the huge group chat, because it was still a really nice way of keeping us all connected without mm. it being like sold to, you know. Yeah. And like, do you get inspiration from other content oh, creators? Oh, definitely, then? Do you, yeah. Do you, like, like, is there a community? Like, do you meet up? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, you know what? In Cork, it's a smaller community. Like, there yeah. are a few of us. Actually, only last week... um we did like a little dinner out for core creators, which was really nice. And there was so many more people there than I would have expected. Yeah. And even people that I hadn't met before because COVID was like, like I was saying, it was by no means the decline of the influencer. Yeah. There was people were sitting at home and like that were like let go or lost their job. And they were like, let's just give this a go. You know, let's yeah. have a chat on my story and see how I get on. A lot of people actually blew up during COVID, you know, mm. and actually got into it and are doing it full time now. So it was nice to meet some people who I've known for years and then other people who have just gotten started. But I would be mostly uh, close with people who I started out with day one and a lot of them would live in Dublin. So um, like when I go up and down to Dublin now, we'd have like our little posse and it is so nice because you can chat to all these people who are having maybe the same issues, the same worries, the same success stories. And one thing that I've noticed is it's such a supportive industry. Like even when you go to the events, the people who have, like I remember going when I was like a a little baby, when I was my first event and even the likes of the big people, Rosie Connolly, Louise Cooney would still be there and like you'd be in awe for them and they'd just be chatting to you. Like they don't see any, you know, great things about themselves and I was just there like, oh my God, like nobody pinched me. This is a dream come true to literally be in the same room as these people. Um, And now to like be going to these events and just like chatting away to all these people that I looked up to and have the same job as them and be working with the same brands as them is like a major pinch me moment but um, there's such a nice group of us and it's nice when you can actually work with other creators too mostly on organic content I would love to do like brand work with another um, influencer or creator like one of my friends or something but we haven't ended up doing that yet Yeah. Um, but we've done a lot of organic things together like when we go to events or awards and stuff that we'll all help each other out with content and you know making the vision come to life <laughs> yeah and if a number of you appear in the same type of post or mm-hmm. you know same story or whatever yeah. do you find that that helps the reach as oh, well for sure and like a lot of people which i think is nice is that you can kind of reach other people's audiences and it's nice when they kind of join you and your audience joins them especially when it's a good fit like when i went to a lecture picnic with schweppes there was a good group of us there and 
we were doing really fun content like you're at a festival like how yeah, is that work yeah. you know like it's so such an enjoyable thing to be doing and we were all making really fun content together and like some of my followers were following the others and some of them were following me and they weren't just like people who were clicking onto our pages just to see what we were getting up to for the weekend but they were actually like people who ended up staying around so I think it's nice that you know other people can find you through other people when they have similar interests because it is so hard to grow on Instagram now so it is nice when you go to these events and people are happy to kind of give you a shout out here and there or you know recognize your work like I'd always give some of the most hard-working creators that I know a mention or a shout out because I know how far it can go and the same with brands like if you do put hours into filming this video and a brand reshares it it's so great when their audience then comes onto your page and obviously if they didn't want to follow you they don't have to like when people are like oh she only got followers because whoever gave her a shout out I just think that's complete like rubbish because yeah. people can click onto your page and see what you do and of not press follow mm-hmm. and how is how easy is it to unfollow yeah. so I think it's nice when someone actually clicks onto your page for a nose around and they're like I kind of like what she's doing I'm going to follow and then they stay for years yeah. I did a box before asking how people found my page and there was literally the most randomest things written in. There's people, I met you in Mac 100 years ago or I was in CIT and I heard that there was a blogger in CIT or someone tagged me in your giveaway, which is always a really weird one because whenever you do a giveaway, everyone follows after they don't win. But there were some people commenting in the box being like, I literally was tagged by my friend under your post for giveaway and I'm here three years later. So like it really has nothing to do with, oh, you only got followers because of this or because of that because it is so easy to unfollow people and... um, like obviously if you don't like someone's content you're not going to press follow in the first place so it is so nice to um you know when someone does give you a mention for your hard work or your great content that people actually come over and have a look and follow along as well and would you try and uh, reply to people so if they message you or they comment on like Mm. what's your approach to that i reply to every single message do you yeah. And I've done it since the day I started. And I remember someone telling me, that's not going to last long. Like, come back to me in a year, two years. Mm-hmm. And you just won't be able to keep up. I'm lucky enough that I've been able to keep up so far. I feel yeah. like I've probably only missed a handful of messages because yeah. I get back to all of them. Like, my screen time is like 14 hours a day. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I get back to literally every single person. But I know it will get to a stage eventually when it's quite hard to... You know, if you're getting loads of messages all of the time, uh, but I'm lucky at this stage, I'm able to kind of keep up. And I think as well that my, the messages I've gotten have kind of reduced this year. Then last year, again, with COVID, people were on their phones more. People wanted someone to chat to people, you know, any excuse to have a bit of communication. Whereas now people are back to their busy lives as well. And a lot of the time my stories are kind of self-explanatory. Like if someone's looking for, like I tag everything, like where I am, what I'm doing, well, who I'm wearing, what brands I'm wearing. So people can kind of find out all that information for themselves and I'd save them in my highlights and stuff. But um, like some people just message for a chat, which I love as well. And that's nice as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And like, what, what kind, uh, what's your number of followers at this point? It is, it actually, I actually grew for once. You know what my dad said to me recently because he, my dad's like my biggest fan. He's so proud of me and he tells everyone um, how well I'm doing and he gets his own friends follow me and everything. Yeah. And when at, when I first started, I was growing like there was no tomorrow. Yeah. Like, And yeah. he, we made a kind of a tradition that he'd buy me balloons. Everything. So like 10K balloons, 20K balloons, whatever. And he said to me like a few months ago, he was like, Jesus, I haven't bought you balloons in oh. ages. And I was like, what a hater. Um, <laughs> so it is so hard to grow now. Yeah. And like, everyone's having the same problem. And they're like, do reels, do reels, do grow then. And like, it still makes no difference. But recently, I actually did get a good lash of followers because, and this is a really great thing to do like infographic posts so like I did a Black Friday one yeah saveable and shareable content is the way ahead like obviously your nice pretty photos are nice and like tutorials and stuff but things that are actually beneficial that they can educate the, yeah. the audience and I they might want to say I did a Brexit so. one last year and literally press go live the second those Brexit rules um kicked in about like customs charges yeah. and what brands you would have to pay customs on and it literally went viral I if I tried to find it now it'd take me ages but it reached like half a million people or Whoa. something and like a ridiculous amount of comments. And it's not like, something that people would associate with. No, not at with, all. With... And like all of these big creators, like the biggest people in Ireland were sharing it and everything because it was like 
accurate information up and you know timing is crucial with those things so I was really lucky but then I learned off the back of that that infographics work so well so I've done a few of them like my Black Friday one did really well then I did this gift guide and I did it really specific so I did like gifts for your mom, mother-in-law, friend, girlfriend, sister and I really broke it down and it did so so well and like that loads of big huge creators in Ireland shared it some of my own followers then other people were sharing it other people were tagging people in it and it's just done so so well so that's brought me up another good bit so I'm at 47.6 now which oh, is oh it's getting closer it's getting, falling, yeah, you need my, to get out yeah, to your again it. but another thing that really helped me grow recently is I worked with Meta on their good ideas deserve to be found campaign so I okay. actually worked with Instagram and Facebook which yeah. was insane because like they don't work with people but they're doing their um creators of tomorrow campaign now so they picked like some up-and-coming creators from ireland and so it was mostly people like under 20k that they picked to be in this like year-long um event but when i went to the creator day back in the summer i met like all of the people in instagram and i was like if you're ever doing another christmas campaign please 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 reach out to me like I have no shame I'll just, just go, go up to it. so yeah I'll, I'm like what's the worst thing that they can say yeah. like there's some brands that I'm joying to work with and I pester them so much I'd say they're going to get a restraining order like against global me global brands global brands and even some Irish ones and I'm just like they're on my list I'm going to get there eventually and no matter how many times I do it all the time I meet them in person I'm pestering them I'm following them around the place and like sometimes it pays off sometimes it doesn't but I always say shoot your shot because what's the worst thing that can happen they'll say no but at least you're on your radar at least yeah. you can say you tried yeah. So I got the the meta job and it's been my biggest job that I've ever done to date. Like the fact that I actually got to work with Instagram that gives me a platform to have my job. Yeah. Like it was insane. And then the video did amazing. And it was actually my first time properly boosting a post because that was part of the campaign. Mm. And like that was really beneficial for me because I had always kind of been like, oh, I don't know how I feel about doing like paid for ads and stuff when I'm a content creator. Wasn't even 100% sure how to go about it because I've always been told, don't touch the boost button. Yeah. Um. So they gave us like ad credits and the video just did so, so well. Whatever way I set it up, I did it right. And I got about like 300 followers from it in like oh. a day. And it was just really great content. And then Meta shared it on their actual Facebook page that has 75 million followers on it. Um, the brand that I shared in it was Azor. So um, a small jeweler is on yeah. George's Audrey King. Yeah, Audrey was on the yeah, podcast yeah. last year. Oh, brilliant. Fab. Yeah, so yeah. she's who I focused on. Yeah. And like, she's been getting so much um, response from it too. Like in that Meta post that they shared, loads of people asking for the address, for the online store. Brilliant. People commenting, being like, I'm going to get all my bridal accessories from here so like it was just amazing to see and like it was a brilliant campaign because obviously some small businesses don't have the budget to pay the huge creator costs so the fact that Meta put all this budget and ad credits to pay like these top creators in the country to work with small businesses and they've gotten so much return from it so obviously I got a great return from it because I created this really high quality ad that was very different for me Mm. because I was actually in the video as opposed to behind the camera um, and then Audrey did the voiceover and it just came together so, so well. And um, people keep saying it to me. They're like, that was my favorite video you ever created. And it was just, it was very kind of magical. It was completely different. It wasn't like, you know, a beauty ad or a fashion ad. Yeah. It was completely talking about her story, her experience. And it just went really well. And they were delighted with it too. And it actually got picked up by some um, publications as well. I actually did an interview for Stellar Magazine about oh. it as well. So it's been doing so, so well. I'm delighted with it. And I think I saw um, Anne O'Leary, who's the head of sales for Facebook in Ireland. Yeah. Who's a Cork lady as well. And uh, Rick Kelly, which you. is the head of Meta in Ireland completely. Yeah. So when I got those tags on LinkedIn, I was like, this is insane. Like for them to specifically shout me out, you know, because there was like 15 of us in the campaign, I think. So I was like, this is just insane, you know. And that's the benefit of LinkedIn as well, the people. Because that's where they spend their time. Yeah. You know, you know I know they're obviously operating Facebook and stuff, but mm. from a B2B perspective, yeah. they're over on LinkedIn. And that's, so that's why clever I keep few. saying that, like, there's such a big difference between, like, 
this stereotypical idea that people have of the influencer industry. Mm. Like you never would think that the same person who just has to take a photo is on LinkedIn, reaching out to people, you know, cre- making these connections, going to networking events, yeah. like pestering people nonstop to work together. It's just a completely different. Well, my days are anyway, and I know everyone does it differently. Yeah. But um, yeah, I definitely work it as a hardworking business and I'm just nonstop coming up with new ideas and trying to, I suppose, take things to the next level and just keep bettering myself than the year before. And I know, like you were saying, you, you know, your your dad is your biggest fan and he's looking mm. at the numbers you have. But you ever step back and kind of say to yourself, whoa, 47,000 yeah. people, that's more than what could fit into Parky Queen. I know, that is insane. It is. And you know what? Some days I'm so busy. I Not that I ever take it for granted, but some days I forget of all that I've achieved. Yeah. Especially, like I was saying, I wasn't good at school at all. Like I was never seen as someone in school that would like go far or like yeah. do well. So now that, you know... Obviously, my first course, or I didn't ter- turn out as a scientist. I hated early years. Yeah. I ended up doing, you know, the master's. And now I'm self-employed. Like, it's just, it really shows that it does come down to hard work. And like, now if I was to sit a business exam, I'd get an A1 in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't the fact that I wasn't good at maths or I wasn't good at business or accounting. It was just the fact that I didn't have interest in anyone yeah. else's business, you know? Yeah. But when it comes to my own, then I'm able to uh, fly it. And it's actually funny that you say that because last night... One of my teachers from primary school who taught me in sixth class and she was my favourite teacher I ever, ever had because I hated school, but I loved yeah. this teacher. She was just doing her groceries in Duns and she walked past the sign and didn't have a ticket or anything. She was like, I just had to come in and see you. She was like, I literally taught you when you were 12 and now look at you. And it's it's so funny because I did my early years placement in her class as well. Yeah, and yeah. at the time I was kind of like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this or whatever. So for the fact that she saw me at 12 years of age when I didn't know my arse from my elbow, I didn't know what I was going to be doing with myself to ending up in early years on placement in her class, still not really know what I was going to do with myself. And then for her to be doing her groceries and see my sellout event just kind of, uh, it shows, doesn't it, that you can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. And do you ever get a chance to kind of talk to young girls? Because I'd imagine there's, you know, go like go back into your secondary school. Yeah, or, or... I went into my secondary school before to do um, a makeup demo. But you know what? I actually prefer talking about these sort of things because I'm super passionate about self-employed life and you know becoming an entrepreneur and just working hard and I think because I had such a rough time in school and because I kind of accepted because of the environment that I was in in school that I wasn't going to be you know this big person with a big job making lots of money because I just wasn't good at school that I kind of accepted that I just wouldn't be so then the fact that I have become like my own business that you know generates revenue and gets these incredible opportunities I would love to do things like this and that's why I joined joined the image business club because I was just like I want to listen to other people's stories I want to tell my stories and you know sometimes people don't take me seriously as well because I'm so young like you were saying Myself and Emma are the youngest people who have been on yeah, what age your you podcast. Know? I'm 25, but like my pandemic age is 22. Like, you know, <laughs> well, so, so you take those three I, years I do, off. I it? do take those years off because I'm like, I wasn't living then. I was on my stories having a meltdown with a glass of wine. I wasn't living. There's plenty of time um, to catch up. There is. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, like I think as well. And like the fact that I don't have an agent and, you know, people, sure, everyone wants to kind of you know, take advantage of people to benefit their own business. Yeah. So a lot of people, like when I'm, not that when I'm working with brands, but I just have to be very aware of the fact that, you know, I'm young and I'm a girl and like a lot of people only take business people seriously if they're mm. a 34 year old man, you know. Yeah. So um, I, it's great that when I get to chat on things like this or go to events and networking that I can actually, you know, prove myself and show that I have a lot more in my brain than just being yeah. able to take good it, photos. Is that something that you'd come across a lot? You know, just because you're a young girl and, and they'd often say, you know, because maybe a pretty young girl, blonde hair or whatever, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. this dismissive thing. For sure. And especially, and it doesn't help either that because my job has like a bad rep. Like yeah. I feel like even if I had like a clothing brand or yeah. my own marketing agency, I'd be taken that little bit more yeah. seriously. Yeah. And that's again why I stay as far away from the word influencer as I yeah. can because yeah. I'm like, I'm not an influencer. I have a master's in yeah. PR and new media. Like I'm able to, and I've done marketing for people and I've done PR consults. Like I worked with Iconic on their... um 
they're launching Cork yeah, on yeah, their PR and marketing. Yeah. Like I came up with the concepts for the billboards and like I've worked with a lot of brands that I don't even talk about on my stories. It's just another side of the business that I so do. So you can do that element yeah, for them as so, well. So if they don't have an idea. So let's say there's a business listening to this mm-hmm. today and they're kind of saying, I'd love to work with a content creator, but I don't have a clue. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. This is it. That and that's what I actually like could... when a brand comes and they're like, we don't really know what we want, but we kind of know what we want. You put it together because that's where my expertise come yeah. in because I can give you like, I can give you my insights. I can give you my ideas. I can give you some concepts. Mm. I can talk to you about marketing and PR and mm. all these things because sometimes brands have an idea and it's very far out there. I'm like, that's not going to work with anyone's audience. Yeah. It's not going to work with mine. Yeah. Or, you know, like the world is so like... You know, you can never be too politically correct now. So the PR degree comes into play a lot, you know, like if a brand says, oh, we're going to do this. I'm like, that doesn't, you know, align with my values. And Mm -hmm. if you want to work together, we're going to have to make sure that it's, you know, representing my business well and it's going to be taken well by my audience. So I like that's I think my PR degree is the thing that's been most beneficial to me, especially not like having an agent and just running everything myself, just having that bit of cop on and understanding I suppose how to speak on things like this and be able to speak well and how to chat to an audience and just being able to kind of change my whole thought process depending on where I am and who I'm talking to. Like I obviously chat my story is completely different to now. But when I'm at a networking event and I'm meeting someone, then you need to talk impressive. So I think that the PR degree especially has really benefited me and I'm really glad that I went down the road of, you know, working hard to applied for that RPL because when I was kind of chewing and throwing about will I bother it's definitely benefited me and my dad even said that to me me and my dad are very close and when I said to him about getting into blogging he even said because obviously he's a lot more wisdom than me he's been self-employed his whole life as well and he was saying I never want anyone to say literally what you said you're just a young girl Mm -hmm. you know like there's no brain cells there so the fact that you can be like hang on now a second I have my own business and I have a master's and another degree and an entrepreneurship uh, course so and I know it shouldn't come down to what degrees you have but sometimes people are that kind of closed minded it's the credibility I suppose that it brings to the table isn't it it does yeah yeah and I suppose because the influencer market is so saturated now and there are kind of it's the same with marketing you know someone yeah. who never did a marketing course in their life suddenly has a marketing agency yeah. and is charging a few thousand a month for yeah. people to do whatever it's the exact same with the creator there are people out there who will take their photo who will copy and paste their caption do their script or whatever and then there's the people who work morning noon and night but yeah. I think there's a huge transparency there people can see right through it you know yeah. like, there's enough people out there nitpicking even at the good people to be able to see through the bad ones you know and that comes down to everything like marketing or anyone in business it, it is the credibility that it comes down to of you know hard work rather than like I was saying brands are definitely focusing now on the people who work hard and you know have a good reputation mm. than just the big names and the big money you know 25 now next five years 22 <laughs> 22 okay next eight years mm. what's the plan so I want to stay with what I'm doing. I have no, my mom always says to me when I get super stressed during this time of year, she's like, you won't see 30, like you're going to have a heart attack one of these days. But before I'm 30, I definitely want to keep on doing this, but I want to expand even more. Like in the last three years, I went from, I probably did start out just as an influencer because I didn't have any of this knowledge. I wasn't able to, you know, speak or write like I can now. And I just didn't have a business brain. I was just delighted that I was able to work with fashion and beauty brands. What Mm. 19-year-old girl wouldn't want to do that, you know? But then when I realized that it's something so much bigger than that, I added on adding extra services. I do user-generated content now as well. I work with Her.ie every month, which is amazing. That's only a recent thing because I reached out to them. Again, I have no fear when it comes to reaching out and pitching myself. Mm -hmm. Even when I was at one of the Image Business Club events and I was introducing myself to someone again, and I was just like, oh, I'd love to do this with you in the new year. Someone was like, this girl should be in sales because she could just sell herself like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. And that just comes from the self-esteem and confidence that I got over the last few years, you know. I was never like this in school or um, primary school because like that, I was just not good at school. So it kind of damaged my... Kind of introverted in Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus, you know, if I'm in, in class, it's better off not to say anything or put up my hand yeah. with the wrong answer. Whereas now I'm always questioning everything. My friends are like, you should have been a scientist because you're so inquisitive. Mm. Like I'll question everything. I'll have the most randomest thoughts of why is that like this? Why is this like this? So now I suppose I'm just more secure in myself that I can, you know, question everything and stand up for myself and um, just, I suppose, see myself as a business person but what did you ask me again I'm after going off a tangent now 
So I suppose in the next... Oh know, yeah, the next few years. Next step, so yeah. I definitely want to keep expanding, do more PR and marketing work because I really enjoyed the bits that I did of that this year. Obviously, content is still my main thing. Working with her was brilliant because, and I still work with them. I actually have some more content um, with them going up today because I get to reach again a new audience mm-hmm. and I actually reach out to them because I'm really keen to get into presenting and interviewing. So brilliant. the fact that I'm on their page and I'm kind of like the Cork correspondent, like I'm yeah. showing Christmas in Cork and markets in Cork and all these sort of things. So um, obviously you can tell I could talk all day long. So I'm definitely really keen to get into more interviewing. I'd love to be on TV. I always say I'd love to be the next Laura with Whitmore because yeah. I could feel like I could do anything from maybe not presenting the news because that'd be too boring for me but like reality shows or just anything kind of fun like fashion beauty, like Ireland DM or would something would you enter one of those type of shows like the Love Island I wouldn't enter no? them but I'd love to host them like okay. something like yeah. that I, yeah. I'm very not interested in being on a show I've gotten lots and lots of emails about being on things Have you? yeah lots um, like global ones and Irish ones and there's not for me and again yeah. that doesn't align with my brand yeah, yeah, I don't see yeah. myself as a celebrity or yeah. a star or I like you know and that's I think that's another reason why I don't get any like hate or people nitpicking at my life because I don't put up like I, I don't want people to be interested in my personal life mm-hmm. I want people to be interested in my business yeah. and like the brands I work with and the content that I can provide rather than oh what's going on in her life this week like do you know what I mean um, and like I do like sharing parts of my life but not in the extent that you'd be like with a celebrity you know yeah, so um, yeah. but I would love to get into presenting interviewing writing is another thing so these are all things that are on my 2023 20, list I know you're like eight years but I just take one year at a time and um, I'm yeah. probably getting carried away with the time there <laughs> yeah. like, but I was just taking no, but you've did, done a lot in three years yeah. what are you going to do with the next you know you know and for a while I was kind of like would I go down the route of bringing out like a product or yeah. something and that was something I had an interest in but now I've kind of gone off it again I yeah. think I'm more interested in the business side of things as in service and like again writing I'd love to write for a magazine I'd love to be a like a fashion journalist like going to fashion shows and getting photos of what's yeah. going on I love all that I think maybe a product is in my f- career in the future but no time soon there's just I think if you were going down the career side of things that would want to be your main focus you know yeah, I think you kind yeah. of lay off on maybe the other side of things if you're going straight into a product and there's so like I was completely in denial when I originally was like okay let's think about a product next and then I kind of looked into it and it's like you need investors and you need all these things and mm. you know if it was a maker product you need to find a factory and it needs to be ethical and it needs to be affordable and it's just yeah. it's like I'm only 22 yet <laughs> so um, yeah that's not on my radar for a while but definitely presenting writing more PR um, I'm just working with more brands like even if I look at the brands I've worked with over the last three years like there's brands that I've worked with in the last three years that I didn't think I'd work with in the next 10 years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like I've worked with Meta. Like that's insane. I've worked yeah. with McDonald's, Maltesers, JD. I went to festivals with brands for the whole summer. I've worked with like, whenever people ask me, I always forget. But like I've worked with some amazing, like really big brands. So um, like fashion brands, beauty brands, like sell out events. So God only knows what's going to happen in the next um, eight, 10 years. We finish the podcast usually with three questions. Okay. Okay. So the first one, you're a small business yourself. Mm-hmm. What tip would you give another small business? In, in particular, I'm thinking, how do you social? The main thing is, what are your aims? And I suppose your budget does come into play. So like if it's a, something like um, conversion or sales, you're probably going to pick a different person or a form of advertising then if it's brand awareness. Yeah. Like if you have something that you just want people to know about, I think definitely going down the creator route is the way ahead because yeah. you're getting that engaged audience. I know people say influencer marketing, creator marketing, whatever is expensive and you're not guaranteed sales, but mm. there's no avenue of marketing or advertising that are guaranteed sales yeah and like the job of like PR marketers is to put the content out there and get it in front of people it's not the job to you know guarantee sales obviously that's a bonus but it's just not something you can guarantee at all but at least when it's social you can show the reach the impressions who it reached you know what those people's interests are how many times they clicked into it how long they spent on the page all that you can get from working with a creator or even paid ads or Facebook or whatever that you couldn't get from newspaper or radio and stuff, you know. But um, so I think that if you are a business, there's so many different ways you can use your budget. You can 
pay through affiliate marketing, which I used to do when I was um small, like when I first started out, which obviously is really beneficial because there's no loss there. Mm. You're only paying when, commission, yeah, yeah, when you're getting a sale. Um, but like in terms of like flat rates, I know myself and many other creators kind of work off the basis of it benefiting both people. So I, if a, my dream brand that I've been pestering for the last four years got onto me, it was like, look, Sean, we want to do this, but we only have this much um, budget and we know that's going to be below your fee. I would never say, sorry, that's the end of that, you know. Yeah. I And especially with small businesses, even when they reach out and ask me for my rates, if I'm aware it's a small business, I wouldn't even send on my rates because I'm like, I don't want to, you know, don't make... Them, yeah, and I don't yeah. want people to be like, especially with a small business, you know, people talk, especially if it's like a cork business or whatever, they're like, Jesus, you know what Sean Doyle's rates are? So I'm yeah. like, what's your budget? What do you want to spend? And then I'll tell you what's possible for that. And obviously I take into consideration that like a US huge business doesn't have the same budget as an Irish business or a cork business, you know? Yeah. So you have to take all that into consideration. And I'd imagine it's the same for an individual. So the, the second question I'd have is, what tip would you give an individual? And I'm thinking in particular, let's say there's a young person on now listening to this and they fancy the idea of themselves being a bit of a content creator. Yeah. What tip would you give them? I think it's really important to get into this for the right reasons. And I know now it's hard to say get into it if you don't think that you're going to get paid like me because I started so many years ago when, or I even had interest in it so many years ago when I didn't even see, you know, the ad word mm. or the sponsored ad. Whereas now everyone knows influencers are paid, content creators are paid. So you couldn't say, don't get into it if you don't want to be paid. But do it as a hobby, maybe. Yeah, do it as a hobby, get started, niche down as much as you can. And like people will, you're right, people will find you. And obviously it takes a lot of work. And I think that's why so many people can't do it as a hobby because it just takes so much time. Like I was doing college, working in Mac, writing a thesis, like doing placement, trying to run this. Like it's really, really hard. And that's why even when I was making barely no money and I had to leave Mac because I was like, I can't, if I want this to be my job and if I want to take it seriously, I can't even work a part-time job as well as doing it. I need to give it my all. And I was like, it's either going to flop and I'll go back to Mac or I'll go back to college or else it's going to pay off. And obviously it paid off, thank God. The last question. Um, we have a new sponsor on the show, Skills Base. What I'm looking for is what skill is essential for your industry? So as a content creator, what skill above all else do you need? Being creative and having like an open mind to everything, being able to think outside the box. Yeah. A lot of confidence is needed for this as well. And then obviously, if you have the academic background, like you're flying it. And I think that really is what can set you apart from other people. It does come down to hard work and just putting yourself out there. But obviously, it is really important to educate yourself and upskill when you can too. And all of that is of huge benefit to any individual. And you learn from other people as well. Like yes. even like I I follow like the likes of Pamela and Muriel and yourself and just other up and coming marketers or content creators. And not that you copy them, but you can get inspiration from people. You can get motivated from people. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that everyone, everyone who's working hard for the right reasons kind of inspires each other. And you can learn so much from other people in the similar industry. And I'm sure loads of people will learn from you listening to this podcast. Yeah, I, think, I think you've definitely put a different perspective mm-hmm. on the whole industry. I think people are going to get a lot out of it. Thanks a million for coming in, Shauna. Thank and, you too. And uh, I look forward to seeing those balloons popping up soon. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Thanks a million. That wraps up this week's podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, Skillsbase app, which is a solutions provider for companies looking for mobile-first engagement and blended learning tools. To find out more information on what they can do, visit skillsbase.ie. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show and get in contact with us on all social platforms. I will be back again next week with a brand new episode.